For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Strategy Show Friday, September 11th. The final two-game slate of this NBA season, or at the very least, the final two-game slate where both games happen on the same day. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some like back-to-back two-gamers, but the final day where we're going to have two games on one day. I'm Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Adam Scher. Adam, what's going on? Yeah, excited for you know yesterday was kind of disappointing because i didn't realize until like the morning that there was only one game so in my head i was like oh cool like another two-game basketball slate and then realized that uh it's it's really winding down it really is and it's a shame because like i don't care at all about the clippers denver game it's just i expect the clippers to beat them on i don't think that the series is all that competitive i'm gonna be sad to lose celtics raptors this is a fantastic series it's great basketball to watch it's I don't I want just to hope go gets more Michael Porter press conferences. <laughs> I don't think anybody in uh, Denver does. <laughs> they might trade him just to not have to hear him talk. Or play defense. Win-win. <laughs> also true. Uh, yeah, the good news is whoever comes out of that Boston-Toronto series, I'm excited to watch either one of those two teams play Miami. I'd prefer it to be Boston, but there is certainly some appeal for the Raptors to try to continue to defend their crown who wins tonight boston yeah i agree it's gonna be a hell of a game though i wish that it wasn't the late game but i i, I mean i get why it's happening but i don't I just, it's so hard to stay up to midnight for me obviously not for most normal people all right as you get in the door please hit the like button subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell you guys know the deal and shout out to yahoo sports for being the presenting sponsor of this show i'll touch on them in a bit but for now i think we need to just dive in or i think the bigger bigger question is uh, did you look at anything from a showdown perspective yesterday no i'm almost positive that austin rivers was the showdown captain yesterday (laughs) so you know it's one of those days I'm still like, it, it's it's like football season in my mind now. So I'm just like, who? Like, because you, you said showdown, and I was just naturally thinking football. I'm just like, sure. I don't remember him playing in that game. Uh, let me just, yep. Austin Rivers, captain spot. 0.7% owned, 43.88 fantasy points. Uh, five people chopped with the lineup of Austin Rivers, Caruso, AD, Harden, LeBron, and Rondo. 
really uh, the Rockets went on that run late and that did not help me at all, but certainly helped the Austin Rivers, James Harden combo here. But yeah, 0.7% ownership for Austin Rivers in the captain spot gets it done. Rondo, a close second. Nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. $30,980. That's what went to first yesterday for the five people that chopped it. That'll work. Maybe they talk some basketball. Yep. Clippers Nuggets, eight-point favorites for the LA Clippers. 112 implied total Nuggets, 104. We shall start on the Clippers side. Let me go ahead and see if we got any ownership yet. I haven't checked. Have you seen it yet? I have not. One day ago. So nothing yet. That'll be fine. We'll start at the top. Kawhi Leonard, 11K on FanDuel, 10-4 on DraftKings. Paul George, 7,700 on FanDuel, 8,400 on DraftKings. It's, I mean, to me, it's really hard to want to go to Kawhi over Paul George, but the gap in price is just, it's, they're two different players now. Yeah, I mean, it's, Kawhi deserves his salary, but I think yeah. the point that we've made before is that with it being a two-game slate, with it being the playoffs where starters are running more minutes and bench guys are running four minutes, it's really hard to, to find value that's actually good. And so the range of outcomes is still close enough for George compared to, to Kawhi that I prefer the cheaper salary on George. You know, the one thing worth pointing out is that, like, last slate, depending on what, what tournament you were in on DraftKings, Kawhi was, like, 12 to 20% owned as the best player on the slate. So there there's appeal from that standpoint, you know, getting him at that low ownership on a two-game slate. But it's really hard from any sort of optimal build perspective to argue for, for Kawhi at, you know, $2,000 more than George because they're going to play some minutes. Kawhi is the better producer, obviously, but George is still really good and, and very capable of still giving you a 50-plus point game. 0.97 FanDuel points per minute for Paul George over the last 30 days. That is just dreadful. Yeah, Not that it's like how I'm projecting him or anything, right. but it's yeah, really surprised to see that number go under one. Not good. And yet, uh, you know, 8,400 on DK is fine. 7,700 on FanDuel, though. He's the best option at the position. I, I, I can't really see a direction you would want to go that doesn't point to Paul George looking pretty tasty. And to me, he's the best shooting guard option on FanDuel. Uh, Fred VanVleet, $200 more expensive. I would rather have Paul George. After that, you're getting into a mess. Um, what do you do with Kawhi on a day like today, then? 11K on FanDuel, 10-4 on DK. Is it basically just more of the same? Yeah, yeah. Um... I I guess it was two slates ago. I obviously had him as the high scorer on the slate, and I didn't really get to him. And I think it had to do with his ownership just being higher because last slate I, I was getting to him, and the ownership was even lower than I expected. So um, I think it really will just come down to, to ownership projections, you know, not only his, but also how is it projected for the value because when valuable when, when value is as questionable as it is on the slate, if there's a ton of ownership going to it, I'm going to just prefer not – going to a stars and scrubs build but if Kawhi's ownership is is low again you know i think that one of the easiest ways to one of the most fun ways to differentiate yourself is by rostering the best player then we have to go to the rest of the clippers um zubach played bigger minutes in the most recent game he has been fantastic from a plus minus perspective for the clippers when he's been on the floor they're plus like a bajillion uh, with him on do you think those minutes are steady again? Uh, 
I never really get a feel. It seems like that sort of fifth spot in the closing rotation can be anybody. I gave him 26 for today. Curious what your thoughts are because him I, at 26 is a lot. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good like medium projection. I th- I, I do believe that in a perfect world he's playing you know, 30 minutes or so. Like, I think the intention is for him to close. They need his size out there with Jokic. But the problem is that, you know, you're not, you're not predicting foul trouble, but you are projecting for it being a possibility that combined with, you know, you could just be wrong about the rotation. But um, yeah, I, I do think the plan is for, for Zubaf to play a bunch of minutes. You know, two games ago, we saw them try to close with him. He ended up fouling out. Um, but that was a game where he fouled out with like four minutes to go. He also picked up two fouls in the first couple minutes of the game. So his final playing time didn't reflect how much it appeared they were trying to play him. And then last game, he did get up to about 30 minutes. So uh, I do think projecting him around 26 minutes is a pretty good medium projection. And he's going to look like a pretty solid option at 5K when you consider that he produces at a high rate when he's on the floor. Zubach, 43% owned on DraftKings right now. Ownership came out six seconds ago, so shout out to whoever ran that. I'm assuming it was Tom, so shout out to Tom. Uh, Paul George, 25%. Kawhi Leonard, 16%. Anything stand out to you? Is That, that all seems pretty normal to me. George is 25% slower than I expected. He was like 40-something percent last slate, I think. He's 54 on FanDuel. I think that makes a lot more sense. Um, who do you like the most coming out of the Clippers today? I think it's still going to be George. I mean, I just you you can adjust his rates down some because of Kawhi taking on a bigger role in, in the playoffs, but I'm not projecting him to be a different player just because he's played poorly. So him at this price point, getting you know he, he only played what 26 minutes last game, but typically he's going to play around 38. Uh, last game, I believe, was foul trouble. Yeah, he had four yeah. fouls in the first three or four fouls in the first half. Um, three in the first half, picked up his fourth like immediately in the third, I think. So, you know, that that's obviously not reflective of what you expect. He's, I, I get to him pretty much every slate. I don't think this slate's going to be any different. Looks really good on Yahoo as well, $31. That's $19 cheaper than Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I like going that way. Zubach, $16 on Yahoo. Two prices that stand out to me. Uh, now I'm just going to open it up. Lou Will, Marcus Morris, Harrell, Beverly, Green, who stands out most to you as of right now? Patrick Beverly projected for 42% ownership at 3,800. Yeah, I think Beverly's the best like point per dollar play out of the group. He played 22 minutes or a little over 22 minutes last game. For the season, when he's played alongside Kawhi, he's averaged 0.85 DraftKings points per minute. So, you know, if you just assume he's going to hit his season averages, you're talking about a projection between 18 and 19 points. And at 3,800 on a slate with very little value, that's going to look good. The only real concern is that we know that they're paying close attention to his minute. He's in about 22 minutes in the last two games. He's not, it's not like he's a high usage guy or really high rates in, in any one category. It's just that, you know, contributes to multiple categories and it adds up. But if you're expecting 22 minutes from him, the range of outcomes is not as wide or is not nearly as wide for him as it is for most players. Like most players, if the medium projection is X, you can assume that he's capable of scoring, you know, 15 points more than that or so a reasonable amount of the time, just, you know, throwing a number out there. But for Beverly, it's probably like half of that. It's you're rostering a guy at really high ownership that is very, very, very unlikely to be someone that you have to have in your lineup to win the slate. So 
that's the main concern. Ultimately, when that's the case, it really comes down to the other value and and what you're able to get into your lineup by Rossberry Beverly. So it becomes about the other guys more so than him. And um, if you're able to make lineups that are contrarian and have upside while using a roster spot on Beverly, then by all means, you know, go for it because he does project as a good value on a slate that doesn't have much. But you shouldn't really be scared of getting away from him if you need to because it's very unlikely that Beverly puts up a score you have to have. What's your expectation for his minutes today? 22. Okay. I gave him 24. I'll say, I mean, it's possible. I guess, yeah, he played. What what do you think their goal is for Beverly? Like, let's say that they do want him to be at whatever his full capacity is. Do you think that it's, you know, 28 to 30 minutes? Well, I'm not sure because they had that quote two games ago about him, his minutes being limited or monitored or whatever it was for the foreseeable future. So it didn't sound super optimistic. Okay. But yeah, I, I think 24 is probably reasonable. Like he played, I think it was 21.7 last game or two games ago and then 22.7 last game. I guess in the grand scheme of things, I'm probably over projecting him. 24 would be like the ideal scenario. And right, I doubt he plays. Scenario. I doubt there's a game where he plays like 26 or 27. I do right. think there are games he plays 22 or 21. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk those two minutes back just because... I think that's more realistic of where I think he'll be. Uh, anything for Marcus Morris, Harold Green, Shamit? Any of that stand out to you? No, not really. Uh, Green, we got another 18 minutes from. Same for Harold. I mean, Harold's the one that, out of that group, Harold's the one that I look at every slate, and it's just like I am at least intrigued because he is so cheap. Yeah. You know, the the minutes are down. The production is down. He's not really doing anything at the same levels that he was during the season. And that's always difficult because on, on one hand, you know, it is the playoffs and things do change. On the other hand, we know how productive Harold's capable of being. And, you know, you kind of talked about it with Paul George. Like, you don't want to just completely scrap the rates that someone produces at for, like, the entirety of their career because of what's happened in the bubble, especially when you're talking about someone in Harold that uh, missed the beginning. So conditioning's been an issue for him. So there is a very, very real chance that, at some point, like, you know, it, it, assuming the Clippers advance and then go, you know, to the finals or whatever, at some point during the playoffs, there's probably a game where, like, a, a switch flips and Harold starts being a really good fantasy producer. So, like, I think that happens. And, and that's, at, at his price point, it's someone that I do want to get to just so that I'm there when it does happen. Um, but the ownership is typically pretty high on him, too. So, uh, we I think... like, coming, 16 right now? Something yeah, in that that, that's... Uh, yeah, it's probably about where it should be. Um, but I mean, so I get he's he's kind of like the opposite of Beverly, right? He's forty three hundred. Beverly's thirty eight. Beverly's range of outcomes is like super super narrow. The floor is still pretty low, but the ceiling is not really that high. Harold's like the opposite. The floor is super low, but the ceiling is like thirty five points or something. You know, if he's going to play around twenty minutes, and, and if he plays more, it's even higher. So the range of outcomes being really wide is appealing when most value is just guys that you're praying get like 18 points. I like rostering him today at 4,300. I don't think it's other than like the the positional eligibility. I think for 4,300, you know, for a guy that could play, let's say 18 to 20 minutes seems like this is just going to be what he's on the floor for. Right. Um, That works for me. That's enough for me to like want to have him slightly more than the field. 
the rebounding numbers are, are really concerning to me. Like last game, he actually scored, which was good to see. And the usage has been there. It's the rebounding numbers. And, and again, last game, he didn't really do anything in that department. Um, I'm trying to pull it up now. I haven't updated for, where is my NBA sheet? Um, I haven't updated for last game, but going into last game, uh, I have an expected rebound percentage based on um, rebound opportunities per minute. And he comes in, or he, he came into last game, I had him with only like an 8.2% projected rebound percentage, which is like half of his normal season. So um, I am concerned about what's happening there. But again, that's something that you can be concerned about it, but you don't want to say, you don't, you don't want to set in stone like this is going to happen in the future. It's just telling you it's happened in the past. Yeah, I, I did reduce his rebounding rate at some point in time in the recent or recent past uh, by like nine or 10% compared to what I have as normal baselines at. So even still, uh, he's a guy that I expect to get as a potential value play. It, ca it can't all look great. Otherwise you're just playing a cash lineup. <laughs> so yeah. And realistically with two games, it's not going to all look great anyway. Right. But not a guy that I'm, I think his minutes are certainly safe at, you know, 18 and, I think if he's playing well, like I don't think that 21 or 22 is like off fully off the table if it's going well. Yeah, I agree. Um, so he's a guy that I, I like to get to. We did have a question a little bit earlier that I just want to hit on quickly. Thoughts on Lou tonight? Lou or Bev, the better play on FanDuel? Lou Will is 5,500 and Pat Bev is 4,800. It is not close. Lou Williams is a significantly better play than Patrick Beverly on FanDuel today. Yeah, I think Lou Will is kind of, he's in that hero category too, kind of, where it's just like, you know what this guy can do. He's just not doing it. But um, And those two guys do run hand in hand a lot. Too. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, you know, and I think to some extent it's probably because you're getting typically you're getting more minutes from Leonard and George. So, yep. you know, you're getting less Lou and Harold pick and roll um, anytime that, that both of those guys are on the floor and at least one of them is on the floor all the time. So it, it does, you know, knock their rates down a bit, but the appealing thing about Williams is the same thing that's appealing about Harold, um, but really even more so because Williams can create for himself. There's, you know, if you, if you play like a hundred playoff games with th these rosters, you know, not even talking about Denver, just saying, you know, everyone's healthy for the Clippers, basically. Lou Williams is going to have some games where he just takes over, like Paul, where, you know, not, not saying that, you know, Paul George and Kawhi aren't getting theirs, but Lou Williams is the hot hand and, and Lou Williams just goes on those streaks where he puts up 15 points in five minutes. Like that's what he does. And that's why he's on this team. And he still has that role. So the price I think is lower than it should be from a tournament standpoint, not from a cash game standpoint, because his medium projection isn't that great for, for the salary, but he's just so capable. There is not that many cheap guys on playoff slates that are capable of giving you 40 plus fantasy points at a cheap salary. And Lou Williams is one. Absolutely. Uh, any further thoughts on the Clippers? We switched to Denver. And just uh, uh, on DraftKings, Lou Williams is 17.8% on. So that's pretty appealing when you're talking about trying to, to find someone's uh, ceiling. Absolutely. 9,900 on FanDuel, 10K on DraftKings, 30% owned on both sites. How do you feel about Jokic here uh, as they try to stave off elimination? good uh he's, he's playing huge minutes and i think it was you and i talked about it but this series is kind of like the exact opposite of the utah series as far as what the opposing team can force denver to do in the utah series uh they obviously had a great defender and go there and they were able to do things to to limit Jokic. they were 
basically incapable of slowing down Jamal Murray. And so you saw Jamal Murray's usage skyrocket. You saw Murray just taking tons and tons of shots. Now in this series, you have a weaker interior for the Clippers, but you have a million good on-ball defenders with length that are just following Jamal Murray around, whether it's Pat Beverly uh, in his jersey, whether it's Paul George chasing him around. It's really, really tough for Jamal Murray to get going. And as a result of that, you're seeing more from Jokic, um, you know, in terms of usage, also just playmaking opportunities. So I think that while it is one of the things that you want to pay attention to in the playoffs, because you're getting the same matchup over and over and over again. And so you can see what the Clippers are doing to Murray. And, and you know that such a large portion of the offense is going to come from Jokic and Murray. If the Clippers are making life miserable for Murray and Jokic has the easier matchup, it makes perfect sense for his rates to be going up. So I think he books great here. Oh, okay. Do you prefer him to Kawhi? He's 10, Kawhi's 10 and 4. Um, I'll have Kawhi a little bit higher. Okay. Do you prefer Jokic to Tatum? Tatum, $500 cheaper. Jokic will project higher. Um, Tatum might be a little bit easier to get to, especially because with these two teams, the forward positions aren't the best. Yeah. And there are, you know, to me, two really legitimate I don't want to say pay down center options, yeah. but you have Tyson Zubach who are going to right now projected for 45% ownership. Yeah. Each. I think that's the better way to word it because center between these four teams isn't very good either, yeah. but you have value with Tyson Harrell and Zubats and some like Gasol or Ibaka. Um, the forward positions you don't have. So it's not like you have great centers competing with Jokic, but at the forward positions, the, the options you're paying down for, or quote unquote paying down for like OG and guys like that. So it's uh, more, it's going to be more appealing from a roster instruction standpoint to take the value at center and get Tatum or five. Yeah. Jokic right now, 30% owned. Uh, Kawhi 15, Jason Tatum 26. That makes it interesting to me. If, if there, if Kawhi really is half of Jokic's ownership, I would rather have more Kawhi. I agree with that. Um, Jamal Murray, 57% owned on FanDuel. I don't have much to say to that just because of the way the positional uh, buckets work, but 40% owned on DraftKings at 8,500. I am not entirely sure that I want to have that much Jamal Murray. I don't understand why his ownership's been as high as it has in this. It's really weird. It's like there's like a lag effect where nobody was really adjusting in the Actually, I guess he, he was the popular one in the Utah series. It was Donovan Mitchell that was getting no ownership. Um, but yeah, it's I think that you're probably seeing him overprojected as a result of the Utah series. Like if you take if you take his playoff rates, um, I don't know the specific number off the top of my head, but I think he has like a 28 and change usage rate. But if you just take this series, it's like 24. So because of the entirely different matchups, you don't want to just be saying, you know, oh yeah, well against Utah, he was shooting 800 times a game because the Clippers, you know, like we just talked about with Jokic, the Clippers can make that not happen, whereas Utah really couldn't. So um, I, I think that his salary is very clearly inflated as a result of that Utah series. And the only real argument that you would make for rostering someone in that situation is if the field adjusts to it and says, you know, oh, we're just not going to play Jamal Murray, then you say, okay, I'll take the guy that still can score 50. But if the field is saying like, oh yeah, I think he's going to score 45 points, like as a median outcome, um, I disagree. And I'll roster other guys, especially on this slate where 
the one position that's just absolutely loaded is the guard position. You know, you have Kemba, you have Lauer, you have Van Vliet, you have um, Jalen Brown, you have so many guys at, at this position. Why are we overpaying for Jamal Murray at 40% ownership? I'd rather have Kyle Lowry $100 more expensive right now. Yeah. At less ownership, too, I might add. Or Paul George, uh, $100 cheaper than Murray at significantly less ownership. All right, now yeah, we I mean, got to He's talk playing about... monster minutes. Yeah. But... Yeah, I have him in for 41 today. Yeah, I think that's that's normal. Or, I mean, that's what it should be. It's, we, we now have to have, like, a legitimate conversation. And the question is this. How many minutes does Michael Porter Jr. play today? Somewhere between zero and his normal amount. Um, I, I think Paul Millsap played only in the first and third quarters in the last game. Yeah, uh, Porter played well also, especially in the first half, obviously. Um, but you know, did finish. He was the only player on the team outside of PJ Dozier with a positive plus minus, which again is a mostly useless stat, but yeah. um, just kind of the quickest thing you can look at and, and point to. But I, I mean, ultimately, Denver's trying to win this game, and I don't think that Michael Malone's going to have some grudge or vendetta against Michael Porter Jr. because he's a jackass and he's in a press conference that he shouldn't have. I agree. I gave him 28 minutes. Yeah, uh, I think, I think that's reasonable because realistically his range that we've seen in this series is like 18 to 34. Yeah. I would skew it towards him playing more. Yes, because, you know, he is a liability defensively, but with what they're able to do to Jamal Murray to slow him down, they need more offense out there. And you're not getting that from Grant. You're not getting it from Millsap. Um, you're not getting it from Harris. Like they need another scorer on the floor. And I think they just take their chances defensively and accept that they're going to give up more points with him out there. So I, I think that you skew towards the high end. You don't want to say that the median outcome is 35 minutes or something, but um, right. yeah, I'm with you. Like I would, if I if I had to if my only two options were 18 minutes or the 34 he played last game I would guess the 34. You know, so I, I would skew towards the upper end of his range. Michael Porter Jr. 27 percent owned on DraftKings right now. That's too low. I yeah I will have like 90 percent Michael Porter Jr. if that holds. So you mean you would rather roster? the $5,200 guy that rebounds at a ridiculous rate and scores instead of the $4,900 Jeremy Grant, whose job is to just run around the floor and play defense. Jeremy Grant, 4,900 on DraftKings, 52% owned. So they are literally... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He flipped. 
in my model. I ran my sim. I have Michael Porter Jr. at 56%. I have Jeremy Grant at 26. The ownership is Grant 52, Porter 27. It's like the exact opposites. Yeah, I was, yes. I was that was like the biggest mistake I made last slate was um, Grant and Porter projected similarly because I had given Porter like, I don't know, 24 minutes or something. Yeah. But it was just one of those where like if I had paid closer attention to what I was playing because they were basically the same price and Grant was higher owned. But it was like, it, uh, as I was going through my lineups, it was just like, why do I have Grant in all three and only Porter in one when the range of outcomes is like, Grant scores 25 in a good game and Porter scores 40. Like that, that was one of the biggest mistakes I made. And now you have at least evidence or, you know, you have a, a higher probability that Porter's going to play a bunch of minutes. So um, yeah, I really don't think the ownership there should be close. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, are you assuming that since we're putting Michael Porter at 28 minutes, uh, Paul Millsap's going to be like the advanced JaVale McGee for the Lakers. He starts the first and third, just basically does the Keith Bogans and gets the hell out of there. Yeah, I mean, that's the part that concerns me is I never feel good just like not giving Millsap minutes. But Grant is like, like they're not going to play Porter next to Millsap, at least for any real amount of time. Um, last game, they didn't play together. The game before that, I don't think they played together. If they did, it was for a couple of minutes. Um, you basically in the series seen Porter be the backup to Millsap and then Grant play a bunch of minutes craig gets some minutes for defensive reasons harris you know uh, was in foul trouble last game but playing 34 minutes so yeah i think th th that's the tough part like you're, you're probably getting 48 minutes from porter and Millsap, and it's scary assuming Millsap plays that little but um yeah that, that would be my assumption is that it's like 28 20 or, or something along those lines okay oh we're going out for Paul Millsap. Do you like anything else from Denver? Uh, Monty Morris, Tory Craig, Plumlee, Gary Harris, anything else stand out to you that you want to touch on? I think, so we, you know, talked about kind of the limited range of outcomes for Pat Beverly at, at 3,800 on draft things. If you're playing large field tournaments and you are looking to pivot at that specific price point, I think Monty Morris is reasonable. You're not expecting a good game from Morris, but he should play similar minutes to Beverly. If you're assuming Beverly plays around 22, Morris probably plays around 18. Um, obviously, you know, those are close enough where one slightly weird thing can put them, you know, closer, but uh, Beverly's going to beat Morris a lot of the time, but the ownership is going to be like, you know, 43 to five or something. <laughs> so it, it's a spot where you can within certain lineups, just say like, okay, if Monte Morris beats Pat Beverly today, I'll win a hundred thousand dollars you know, assuming the rest of my lineup goes off. Um, it, it's a, it's a reasonable, pivot. you know, it's, it's not one that I'm looking at saying like, Oh, I can't wait to do this. But um, I think that it is one that mathematically makes some sense. Anything else you want to touch on Clippers nuggets? I mean, I guess you have to mention Gary Harris to 4,600 playing 34 minutes. Uh, his job is to play defense and take some threes. It's not really exciting, but he's cheap well there you go <laughs> Alrighty, guys now that we got 168 of you in here be sure to hit that thumbs up helps us out a ton subscribe to the channel notification bell all that jazz we've got an mlb show coming up at 10 o'clock we've got back-to-back -back nfl shows coming up at 11 a.m and noon i think i've got that right yeah uh, we've got a betting show at 2.30, live before locks throughout the day. The entire day is packed with content on our channel. So be sure to subscribe to the channel so you know when it all goes live. 
Shout out to Yahoo Sports for being the presenting sponsor of this show. Um, I love the idea of being able to play at Yahoo to save a little bit of money because they run reduced management fees or sometimes no management fee contests. It's going to be the most important thing you can do to try and build your bankroll. Not every contest is going to be 150 max. They've got a lot of 10 max. They've got a lot of single entry stuff. You're going to play against uh, less sharks. Uh, There's just going to be a little bit softer of a competition. So if you're starting out, I recommend starting out at Yahoo. You can do all the same stuff that you do at every other site, CSV upload, CSV edit. It's just a really good place to be. So make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. It's the only place where you can become a baller. If you're looking for free content today, you are in luck. Our NFL rankings are free today. The NBA lineup builder, which I think would be most important to the people watching this NBA show, NBA lineup builder free today. And if you're playing MLB DFS, Alex's top pitchers tool is free. That is one of the most valuable pieces of information we have on the site. I love the top stacks tool. I love the top pitchers tool. Getting an idea of how often somebody's going to be in an optimal lineup is really huge. Comparing that to ownership really helps out. So all three of those things are free today. And here we go. Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, Celtics two and a half point favorites. Here we go. Let's start here for Toronto. How many minutes does Marcus Gasol play? Man. Um, so last game was interesting. I, I'm not sure if you noticed it or if you if you were watching at the specific time. Um, I didn't see most of the game, but I did see this. It was in the first half. Nick Nurse was subbing Marcus Gasol back in. So, so Gasol didn't play at all in the second quarter, right? But Nick Nurse sent him to the scorer's table. He was coming back in. Serge Ibaka hit another three-pointer, which was his second or third in like five possessions. There And then there was a timeout, and Nick Nurse canceled the substitution, and Gasol never came back in. So the normal rotation, at least, was for Gasol to come back in there. Um, so I'm not giving him 16 minutes or, you know, what he put last game. I do think something like 20 to 22 is reasonable with the rest going to Ibaka. I gave him 18. With the rest going to Ibaka? Or most of the rest. Okay. So I was going to say, I think that we see a lot more of Siakam at the five here. Yeah, yeah. They have been playing small. But I, I think Ibaka plays 24. Okay. See, so I am I am 22. much lower on this. I am betting more on Norm Powell. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's two games in a row now that they've done it. Um, the first game obviously didn't work out. This game it did. I gave Norm Powell 28 minutes, Abaka 22, and Marcus All 18. Makes me nervous. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you you only got 21 from Abaka last game. He played a total of like seven minutes in the second half after playing 14 and chained in the first half. Yeah, I guess I, I'm with you there. Okay. I gave, you know, Lowry 44, Siakam 44, Van Fleet 44, which is just fucking ridiculous. Uh, Ananobi 40. Um, it's really making Norm Powell pop, but that should, that's already with the public. Norm Powell, 50% projected ownership at 4,400 on DraftKings right now. I, I think it's like essentially right. Um, I don't think that's going to be the play that wins you a GPP today. So, we know what we're getting out of Toronto. This is like the least unpredictable, other than that center, the, the way that they're going to do that rotation. 
it's basically going to be seven guys playing as much as they possibly can. Yeah. Who do you want from Toronto? Or is it just simply like, I want them all? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much that. Um, I, I'm with you, you know, obviously, as far on how he was really interesting because like at the beginning of the series, he was playing 18 to 20 minutes. And it was just like, we we have such a long, like he's he's one of their main guys. It, it would be weird if he doesn't start playing more. And then you did see them start going smaller a couple of games ago, last game, obviously, um, even more so. Uh, so I, I do think that it makes sense for him to get a lot of ownership at 4,400. It is a spot that you can look to leverage though, because you do know there's at least some uncertainty in what they're going to do there. Um, and, and you know exactly what it is. Like if Powell plays fewer minutes, at, you know, and it's not because of an injury or something, it's because Ibaka or Gasol got more run. So if you are looking to leverage against Powell, you play more Ibaka or you play more Gasol, but Ibaka is the one that's a lot more fun to play. Um, yeah. I like Ibaka so you, a lot more. Yeah. Uh, so you, like if you play Gasol, you're just praying that he wins like 23 to 22. Um, if you're playing Ibaka, you know that he can beat Powell by 20 points. And so I Ibaka, I think, is an interesting tournament pivot in that regard. But um, more often than not, I think you're getting a bunch of minutes for Powell, like you said. So I think he looks really good. But yeah, in general, Toronto just looks great. Like Van Vliet, Siakam, and Lowry, uh, especially Siakam and Van Vliet, not even an 8K on DraftKings, getting huge minutes. Um, Siakam's production has been down in the playoffs, but we still know how good he is. And he contributes in, in all categories. Van Vliet and Lowry kind of just, you know, it's a coin flip who's going to take over any one particular game. Both are really good. Both are playing huge minutes. So all three of those guys look good. Um, OG salaries come up. He's playing so many minutes that he's still um, a, a decent option. It's just that, you know, he is obviously going to be the lowest usage guy out of this, out of Van Vliet, Lowry, Siakam, and whoever the other guy on the floor is. So, you know, the, the upside's kind of, kind of limited for someone at almost 6K. Like, I'd rather roster, I'd rather take 28 minutes of Lou Williams than 38 minutes of OD. Okay. Yeah, I have Siakam at lowest among these guys just because he's at 47% ownership, Lowry and Van Vliet both at 33. So Siakam's just going to be the guy I get the least of from that group. Yeah, I think uh, that makes sense for sure. Well, what, yeah, whenever you have this many guys priced about the same that have the same range of outcomes um you can basically just flip the ownership max to abaka powell gasol like a max one i guess powell's cheap enough like if gasol plays 20 minutes and abaka plays 20 or, or sorry so let's say let's say Gasol plays 18 minutes Ibaka plays like 25 if Ibaka plays 25 minutes at 5400 there's a good chance that he's a good play and that would still give you like mid-20s on Powell at 4400 I, I probably will just go max ma def definitely max one Ibaka Gasol yes agreed it's just a matter I wouldn't want every lineup I have that be like Powell plus Ibaka but I also wouldn't care if a small percentage of 150 has them. Agreed. We're on, we're on the exact same page there. But yeah, I, if if Marcus were still like 3,600 or something like that, then I think it opens it up a little bit more. But if he's at 4,100, you need a very specific set of minutes to make right. all of this work. Yeah, I think ultimately it kind of comes down to what you're playing to. And, and that's kind of why I was thinking through it because you know, with me focusing more on three max, you know, maybe I'd play one lineup that has Powell and Ibaka, but ideally I would just find a lineup that has Ibaka and doesn't have Powell. Whereas if I'm playing 150, there's no real reason for me to say like none of these 150 lineups should have them both when we're talking about a two-game slate. 
Yeah, we are on the same page there. I don't have much else to add for like the main four guys for Toronto. This is game seven of a series. We know exactly what we're getting out of these guys. Their outcomes individually are fully up in the air. Um, just pay close attention to the ownership. But I think that if you're trying to play a larger field GPP, Serge Ibaka looks like the best sort of option to get any leverage on the field. How concerned are you about this game just because of it coming off double overtime two days ago? Not really. And having apparently a 205 total. Concern in what regard? Like, I don't really know how you, like, you, you shouldn't really adjust for it. I, don't, I just think there's a higher than normal chance that this is just ugly game. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's ugly. I I tend to not be too worried about it just because of, like, the makeup of these teams, the coaching of these teams. Like, it's not like... Ter- I don't want to say like, I don't think that Toronto could lay an egg, but like, it's not like they're not going to bust their ass for 48 minutes. They are not going to come up like empty. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking more of just shots hitting the front of the rim for 48 minutes. Wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, these Toronto guys have been running themselves into the ground. I I think they might just be used to it. So maybe on the Boston side, like, uh, I I don't think, I think this is just sort of like par for the course. Yeah. That's a fair point. I think it is reflected in the total though. Like this, I don't remember for sure, but isn't today's total like four points lower than normal? I'm not sure. And I would imagine like, you know, Toronto's smart. I don't get the sense that they probably did anything very aggressive yesterday. Probably a right. lot of film session and like, you know, just full on rest. Nick Nurse had him out running suicides for two hours. <laughs> yeah. No, are the Bulls still in here? <laughs> um, we'll go to the Boston side now. Um, most owned player is Daniel Tice at 5,600. By the way, uh, Shem, I see your super chat. I really appreciate it. We will hit on that question uh, just before we sign off. I just want to get through this last game. Uh, Daniel Tice is the most owned player at 5,600. I fully agree with it. He was my number one contender for the day. What do you want to do with this Boston team? I'm just opening it up because this series is crazy. Brad well, I just now, season. So I, so I hadn't seen that I was sweating my $5,400 guy paying off in 47 minutes last game um, that I assumed like I assumed he played like 28 or something, but um, 37 minutes in regulation for him. That was really good to see because if you looked at the rotations and, and stuff in the last couple of games, you could see that there was the chance for him to get north of 30, but it's always really difficult to actually give Daniel Tice that many minutes because there's so few instances of it actually happening so really good to see that happen in regulation got the 47 total you know still not going to project him for like 36 minutes or something but going up around 30 i think <laughs> did you go 36 on the dot did you it's game, I'll, dude, I'll probably game, go with game seven man played 37 in regulation i don't know how like that's their intention yes yeah, their intention but he never is able to actually do it like their intention most games is to play him 30 and he plays 24 repeatedly because he fouls or something else. Like, I mean, I'll probably go like 32, which will still get me plenty. I mean, he's played 30 and three out of the last four, ignoring the overtime game, 37 minutes in regulation in the last one. So it's 37, 30 and a half, 26, 30, 30 and a half. Yeah. I'll go with 30. I think 34, 34 is pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the minutes are there, like we've seen Robert Williams basically phased out of the rotation, didn't play in the second half last game, played a total of eight and a half minutes. Um, Brad Wanamaker didn't play much in the second half either. He basically in the second half just had the starters play, he and 
entire half. Um, so, you know, in a game seven, I'm not giving a bunch of minutes to these, to, to the backup guys. Like we had seen in game five, Wanamaker play a bunch of minutes, but that was in part because Jason Tatum was in foul trouble. So Wanamaker got more run um, as kind of a trickle down effect. Uh, that was the first game where they, they went smaller. So you had Robert Williams not really play. And then you had Wanamaker eat up a bunch of minutes, but assuming that you're not getting guys into foul trouble, you're assuming Tatum's going to play 40, whatever minutes uh, smart. So smart. So is, is Brown and Kemba's going to be up around 40 as well. So um, not a lot of minutes really to, to go to the, the bench guys. So I think Tice is really appealing as a value play, but I don't really see much, much other value from both. Okay. Um, in terms of like cheap value, not on the yeah, price yeah, value. yeah, like obviously, you know, Tatum, Walker, Brown, Smart, yeah. Tice, like they're just going to be involved in everything. Is there a guy you like the least from Boston? I think it's easier to go that direction. I still think it's Smart, but it's worth noting that he is get like his usage is up in this series, which I'm sure is not a coincidence. Um, you know, I, I assume he's who Toronto would like to be shooting the ball. Um, so the opportunities are, are higher. The opportunities are greater for him than normal. It's just a matter of converting on them. Um, I still like smart, but I just think that 6,800 for smart is a little bit less appealing salary than say 7,700 for Kemba or 8k for Brown or 95 for, for Tatum. Oh God. I, I'm expecting Jalen Brown to be the guy I get to least here. Is there any appeal for Brad Wanamaker at 3,300? I think it has to be discussed. He's at 12% ownership right, right now. And given where we have like Patrick Beverly and given Wanamaker's minutes, at least in regulation in the past two games, like is 16 unreasonable for him from a minutes perspective? He's, I, I think he's the first to benefit if somebody gets in foul trouble. Okay. So then you kind of have to assume somebody does, right? Like I, I'll probably give him like 18 minutes, 18 to 20 minutes. And at 3,300, that's not going to make him project a whole lot worse than, say, Pat Beverly. Does that make him the best value play relative to ownership? I don't think so. I mean, I guess relative to ownership, maybe. It's still would like, you rather have just... him or Jermichael Green? They're really similar. Um, what's Green's ownership? Same. They're yeah. both at, like call it 12. Yeah, I think I have green like a point higher right now. Okay. I have them both really close as well. I think it's way more reasonable to get there at, at, at the ownership he's showing than you would ever expect based on these past two games. Doesn't make me feel good or anything, but I mean, the, the concern is that he played two two minutes and 44 seconds in the entire second half. That is a concern. I agree. Like if Brad Wanamaker played 12 minutes today and every starter played 44, you wouldn't be surprised at all. That's also a good point. What do you expect for Tatum Walker Brown smart minutes wise? I gave them all 40. Are you going bigger than that? I'll probably go 40. Um, it, it'll kind of, to some extent, depend on how the projections end up looking like if I'm going 44 on Toronto guys and it's blowing Boston out of the water, then I'll go a little higher on Boston just because of, you know, I think the range is probably like 40 to 42. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they should be a little bit lower in terms of minutes than the Toronto guys. 
Okay. We are on the same page there at the very least. I'm actually going to bump all four of those guys to 41. I think that should be a little bit more beneficial to these Boston guys. Cause I had yeah. so much Toronto and not Boston in that last one. And it, right. Like last game fighting. you got in regulation, 41 from Brown, 41 from Tatum, 40 from smart, 42 from Kemba, 37 from type. Oi. Is there anything else you want to touch on from the Boston side of this game? No. That's it. Well, let's circle it back then to Shem's uh, super chat. Top three GPP plays on DraftKings, sub 5K. Sub 5K? Damn, that takes it back out. Um, oof. Uh, Errol. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Like, I, so I, I think that I'll probably be differentiating more on like the expensive guys. Um, I, I wouldn't say how's like a GPP play by definition, but I'm sure I'll have a lot of them. I don't um, think his ownership is wrong. Right, but if he's already at fifty percent, like there's not a lot of utility to squeeze out of that. Right. I would say Jeremy Grant, but with his ownership where it is, I don't think I'll really get there. Agreed. What's Gary Harris's ownership? Fifteen. Yeah, I'll throw him in there. Okay, I'm with you on Harold. Um, I, this isn't going to be the best answer for anybody, but one of Jamichael Green or Brad Wanamaker is a guy that I'm probably going to want just all the way at the bottom. I don't know where that ends up. Ownership will tell a bit of a story there. Uh, we didn't really talk about him. I don't really mind Marcus Morris at 4,800. Yeah, I think that's fine. That It's similar to Gary Harris. Yeah. Do, um, so will you get to any Robert Williams? Probably not. Because of Brad Wan, I would have to bring Brad Wanamaker's minutes down a little bit, right? For for Williams to get ahead of him. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I gave um, Robert Williams ten minutes. I just they could go, they could do all sorts of weird stuff between him and Grant Williams, and I wouldn't be surprised. Like I yeah, just that, I don't kinda, know where those minutes go. That's kind of just my thinking. Is like I, I do think that Wanamaker plays more minutes than Williams. It's just that there's enough uncertainty still in that center rotation, like if Williams gets back to 16 minutes, he he has a good chance at being like the best value. It's just, I don't think he's very likely to get back to 16 minutes, but um, I'm certainly not like 100% confident in how that rotation looks. So um, I don't know, not, not someone that I'd be playing in limited entries. I could see having a little bit in large field, just, you know, not playing him with Wanamaker. Yeah. Robert Williams at 6% ownership, Wanamaker at 12. I don't really see like a gigantic difference between those two numbers in the greatest yeah, sense right. of things. So Play right now I'd have to lead Wanamaker, but uh, if, that's good. Find, figuring out those extra trouble. minutes on the Celtics is so much harder than figuring it out elsewhere. So I think really the big question is if Tice gets in foul trouble, does Wanamaker get a bunch of extra minutes or does Williams get extra minutes? You like I feel like it should be Williams, but 
what is Toronto doing on the opposite side? Right. Like, I don't think they, like, oh God, it, it's just constantly this yin and yang of like, depends who's on the floor. If Marcus Gasol is out there for Toronto, are they like, is Boston trying to just go small? Do, do they go to Marcus Gasol post touches? I'm going to assume like Boston's probably cool with that. It's it's an interesting balance. I don't. Uh, I mean, I, the, the real answer is that they probably don't even know the answer to this, and <laughs> yeah. Brad Stevens is just going to play that by ear, and that's not helpful for anybody. Right. Well, that'll do it. I think the final two game slate of the NBA season, and at this rate, I don't know when NBA comes back for like real slates again. It's going to be a while. Like. This might be February or March before we do another full NBA slate. It's kind of a bummer. But I'll be doing uh, showdown stuff uh, throughout the rest of the playoffs. Built some of that up yesterday. Adam, do you have anything else you want to touch on? Anything else you got going on today? Any more shows for you? No, I am done for the day. (laughs) There you go. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. Please hit that like button. It helps us out a ton. If we can get to 100, that would be great. Uh, baseball show coming up after this double NFL shows, bunch of live before locks. We have so much content today. So tune into that and go to the website. Just check it all out. Sign up with us. Awesome.com slash join. Best of luck to everybody. I'll see you guys again for live before lock tonight. Jordan Klein, play that music. We are out of here. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.